Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. For all the weeks of of October, we will be in the book of Acts. The outline, the progression of that story, is the witness moves from Jerusalem to Samaria and Judea and to all of the world. We're doing it in reverse this month because we start the month with World Communion Sunday. We're going to be talking about how our giving does, does good around the world regionally, and we will end our month of stewardship emphasis talking about how our giving supports this congregation. And our reading today from Acts chapter 20, I'm reading beginning in verse 7. On the first day of the week when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them Since he intended to leave the next day, he continued speaking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and Bending over him, took him in his arms and said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. Then Paul went upstairs, and after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. So if you don't believe it's a dangerous thing to have a guest preacher, just listen to the text Doc just read from the 20th chapter of Acts. Visiting preachers come, they talk till midnight, they take nourishment, they talk longer, and in between someone falls to their death and exhaustion. You're praying to the Lord Jesus that that's not what's going to happen today. In addition to the beautiful passage from Acts 20 that presents Paul on a missionary journey, concluding his time in Asia Minor, beginning to look toward what he hopes will be a journey toward Rome, I invite you also to hear these brief verses from the first chapter of Colossians. In our prayers for you all, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and a love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you, just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. So it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. 
Did you hear that extraordinary phrase that Paul wrote in that brief passage from Colossians 1? The gospel that you have heard in the church at Colossae. The gospel that has taken up residence in your hearts and drawn you from every known religious tradition in Asia Minor. The gospel that's knitting you together in a community that only a God who raises dead people could gather. That gospel is not just bearing fruit and growing in a small house church of believers in Colossae. Did you hear Paul's extraordinary statement? It's bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. Now, from the very beginning of the Christian faith, not just from the first chapter of Acts, but from the first moments of the Great Commission, the church of Jesus Christ has been a global community. Jesus had told his disciples, go make disciples among all nations. He had told his disciples, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. But for the early church, that language was not just aspirational. It wasn't just the kind of things that what we Baptists used to describe as long-range planning committees would put on the last page of our long-range plans for our holy ambition that we thought we might reach when we all get to heaven. Instead, Paul describes the global reach of the church of Jesus as already accomplished in his lifetime. The gospel that is bearing fruit among you in Colossae is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. So that by the end of the first Christian century, the church of Jesus Christ has already spread north and south, east and west. There are disciples of Jesus Christ gathering around tables in the very first decades all over the world so that even in the first Christian generation they could have talked about World Communion Sunday. Part of the genius of the church, part of the uniqueness of the church, part of the miracle of the Christian community is that we have never been confined to a singular nation or a singular tribe or a singular people group or a particular political persuasion, but from our founding moment, from our primal impulse, beginning in our first generation, we have always been global. We've always been a people through whom God was seeking to redeem and remake and reconcile the whole world. That is certainly true today. The Christian community is global. The Baptist community is global. And I'm afraid that sometimes, especially we Baptists in our understandable commitment to the autonomy of local congregations and the preferential position we give local congregations in our own way of seeing the world, are most at risk for losing sight of how remarkably global the church of Jesus is. In the summer of 2005, my wife and I 
had the opportunity to take a group of high school students on a mission trip to, to California, to the San Francisco Bay Area of California. At the time, I was serving as the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Henderson, North Carolina. Henderson, North Carolina is the county seat of Vance County, which is one of the poorest counties in North Carolina. Plenty of people grow up in that community and never leave the region, much less the state. But in June of 2005, we took high school students who thought in those days that they could find Bojangles everywhere to San Francisco, California, for a seven-day mission trip that we had planned in partnership with Lita and Rick Sample, who still serve the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship as field personnel, that is, as missionaries today. The Sample's ministry then and now focuses not on the ordinary natives of San Francisco area, the Bay, but instead on refugees who have come to that part of the world from literally all over the world. And on Sunday while we were there, we worshipped in an Iranian Christian church. We sat in a congregation filled with people who had come to faith in Jesus Christ in Iran. And then because of the changes in that part of the world, had had to travel across the world to try to find safety from political unrest and violence. It was an amazing thing to stand side by side with high school students who thought that sweet tea was a worldwide delicacy and hear the gospel preached in the native tongue of people from Iran. And then to tour the church property and see all the investments they had made even then through technology to try to from that place in the San Francisco Bay, resource congregations that were meeting underground in the Middle East. Because you see, the gospel that was bearing fruit and growing in Henderson, North Carolina, was also bearing fruit and growing among Iranian refugees in California, and it was bearing fruit and growing in the depths of the Middle East in places nobody would think the church had a chance. But you see, people are always underestimating the power of the gospel of a God who raises dead people. It was amazing not just to see the eyes and the minds of teenagers from rural North Carolina open. It was amazing to see my own heart and my own mind open and my own prejudices set aside and my own unhealthy localization of the gospel begin to pass away as I recognized that what Paul had told the Colossians was still true. The gospel was not only bearing fruit among Americans who were Baptists in the South, it was bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. I had another encounter with that just this summer as I had the privilege of representing the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at the annual gathering of the Baptist World Alliance that met in the Bahamas just weeks before the terrible hurricane devastated those islands. Bahamian Baptists hosted the world. I stood in worship next to Baptists from Africa and Asia and Texas and Virginia in our worship, in our sessions, 
in our praying, in our dreaming. It was true again for Baptists specifically, and it was true for the church universally, the gospel that has been planted here in the heart of Buckhead in Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. And so as we come to the table today, we should come with our eyes wide open that although we receive the elements in this space surrounded by people who are mainly familiar to us, we have sisters and brothers in Christ in every nation who speak every language, who have met Jesus in their own space as he has become flesh and lived among them, even as he has become flesh and lived among us. As we have our eyes and our hearts and our minds opened again to that reality, I think the Holy Spirit is calling us to closer communion with the church all around the world. And by that, I don't just mean let's think of them as we pass the bread and the cup. You see, it's possible now in ways it has never been before for Christians from every nation who speak every language to build relationships with one another and grow in faith together. And the truth is nowadays you don't even have to leave Atlanta to do it because people have come to this metropolitan area from all over the world, and it's not just because they love our airport, although I've become increasingly familiar with it lately. This is a global city. This is a global community. You don't have to go halfway across the world to meet Baptist congregations populated by people who came from Africa or Asia or the Middle East or somewhere else because they're worshiping in this city, in this time zone, even as we do. Imagine how much our faith could be strengthened if we heard the testimonies of people who met Jesus in a very different place at a very different time. Imagine how our own lives of prayer might expand if we prayed with people who pray in different languages and yet our hearts could resonate with their hearts. Imagine how different the world of our faith would be if we allowed our faith to grow side by side all the beautiful diversity that Jesus intended when he created this community that was never of just one language or one tribe or one nation but has been global from the word go. And I also wonder as we gather at the Lord's table today if the Holy Spirit is not calling on us to recommit to a truly global mission. You see, from the beginning, the mission of the church has been global. Now, I have to admit, when I say this, there was a long time in my life when I understood the Great Commission incompletely. What I mean by that is I allowed myself to hear it. So one of the dangers of growing up Baptist in the South is you can hear it whispered in your ears that Baptists in the South are God's last and only hope. And the good news is that God's got a lot more options than that. But you can grow up without even trying and you can hear the global mission as a church, of the church as being the gospel is held 
primarily or distinctly or from a place of superiority among Christians in this part of the world. And it's our job to take that gospel to places where no one has ever heard it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people in every nation under the earth, including in the Bible Belt in the American South, who have never heard the gospel. But the gospel has been bearing fruit and growing in the whole world ever since the word go. And Jesus has been going out in front of his church since Easter Sunday morning, opening doors, preparing the way, planting seeds, changing lives, calling people to faith in him, which means that almost anywhere you and I can go in the world today, we can find people who have already met Jesus who also have the same global mission that God has given us because they also eat and drink at this table. They have also passed through the waters of baptism. They also have had their lives changed by a love that will not let them go. And they have heard the Great Commission just as we have. Some of them are sending missionaries to the United States to reach us. And others of them stand ready to partner with us, not only in declaring the good news of Jesus all over the world, but also to grow churches and change lives and make the world look more and more like the world for which Jesus teaches us to pray each week when we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are not invited only to a mission that is global in reach. We are invited to a mission that is global in character. We're invited to a mission for the whole world, with the whole church. And when you join in relationship with other congregations in the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, when you commit financial resources to global mission through the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, you are joining a mission to the whole world with the whole world that opens doors of relationship and opportunity to you that you would never, ever have on your own. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Same mission trip, 2005, California. In addition to worshiping in the Iranian Christian church, the samples ask us to do something that when we heard it, We thought, is that really what we raised money to go across the country to do? They asked us to host a neighborhood party. To which they were going to invite first-generation refugees from Afghanistan to come and eat and play. And our group of teenagers and adults was supposed to run the party. How am I supposed to report that to the missions committee when we get home? Two years later, I was at the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship's General Assembly in Texas. And I ran into the samples in the hallway And Rick and Lita made a beeline to tell me that it was either the previous week or the next week 
the church that had been formed among Afghan refugees in the United States, beginning with the party, was going to hold its first worship service. Do you really think that a group of people who thought they could find a Bojangles in San Francisco could have planted a church among Afghan refugees by ourselves? The only way it happened because we were part of a Baptist community that opened our eyes to a larger world. The only way it happened was that that Baptist community then and now values the presence of people like Lita and Rick Sample, who for 15 years have served among immigrant communities in that part of California. The only way it happened was that they were able to give time to relationships and trust and invite Christians from Afghanistan to take leadership in establishing that congregation. And the only way we can say that God allowed us to play even a footnote role in it is because we opened ourselves to being part of a mission for the whole world with the whole church. So as you pass bread the cup today. Remember people who have come to faith in Jesus all over this world, who sing songs in every language, some accompanied by majestic pipe organs, and some by drums. Some who dress like I do, some in other ways, some who think that I've preached for 18 minutes and I'm just getting warmed up, and some who pray to God we're coming in for a landing. Some who were born around Jesus in such a way that coming to faith in him was as natural as breathing, and some who needed an encounter more dramatic than the Damascus Road to meet Jesus in the most unexpected place, in the most unexpected way. Open your eyes and see the truly global character of the church. Listen for how the Spirit might be calling you to closer communion with Christians from all over the world who have come to this city. And listen how God might be calling you to give more generously and seek relationships more ambitiously with Cooperative Baptist Fellowship field personnel somewhere else in the world so that you can be part of a mission in this world for the sake of this world that you can never have on your own. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy Lord, we come to you today with gratitude in our hearts for the holy privilege you give us 
in making us part of a global faith community. Ever since the day of Pentecost, O Lord, people from every nation who speak every language have responded to the call to give their lives to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. And through their faith, you have been growing churches and changing communities all over this world. Open doors of relationship so that we can learn from sisters and brothers in Christ in other places. Stir our hearts to a deeper sense of calling so that we might be part of a mission for the whole world with the whole church so that through your power and our faithful response, the kingdoms of this world will more and more become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Use us, O God, to create communities that only exist in the power of a God who raises the dead. For we ask these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.